A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. I can't go, like, if someone on the street is like, can you translate what this woman is saying? And she's right. talking really fast. I'm yeah. super good. I'm no help. Um, but, yeah, so that the, the language barrier kind of goes away after a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting also because Lima has changed so much since we were kids. Yes. So going back now, or at least last time I went back a few years ago, it's a awesome place like yeah, it's, it's safe and really it's, fucking yeah, cool it's thriving so um i mean safe depending on where you are but yeah. <laughs> yeah but compared to yes. yeah even when we were kids and and you know we'd go that it was like you didn't yeah. want to leave or and go anywhere. holy shit you guys for anybody listening to this the best food in the world and i will festify you <laughs> the best food in the world. <laughs> New York, I know you Every morning that I wake up, I think about my Hey humans, welcome back to La Mescla. I'm Adrian Burke, as I have always been. <laughs> Uh, I want to really quick uh, disclaim the audio on this one a little bit. Uh, I recorded this in a space that I normally don't record in, uh, so it's a little echoey, but it's still great. My guest today is Bruce Wemple. Bruce is a Peruvian-American filmmaker, writer, and director. Uh, He recently screened his horror feature Lake Artifact in New York. Uh, He also won Best Feature at the Philip K. Dick Film Festival for his sci-fi feature Altered Hours. Uh, I met Bruce uh, because he cast me in a short film uh, called Mia in the Vase that he started working on a couple years ago. And as soon as we started working together, we realized that we are both half Peruvian kids from New York, uh, which is crazy. He also has a Peruvian mom and an American dad. Uh, so I've wanted to talk to him uh, ever since I started this show. Uh, so this episode is a really fun look into how kind of weirdly similar our upbringings were. Uh, and it also features uh, the story of how Bruce's parents met, which I think is the best parents meeting story I've ever heard in my life. Uh, it's a really great conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. That's what I was doing all day today before I came here. What were you doing? Watching soccer. What, what were you watching? <laughs> uh, I was watching Man U play uh, Newcastle right before I came okay. here. So you're super into like British soccer? Yeah, Premier League. Yeah, I'm a huge Liverpool fan. So how did that happen? When did that start? Good question. Um, my dad and I both got into it about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, like soccer wasn't that much on TV for until probably the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and we, I'd always played soccer, my dad always played soccer, he always, uh, you know, that was kind of our thing, and once it was on TV, we both just jumped, and we gravitated towards Liverpool, I don't really don't know Interesting. why, but yeah, and then, yeah, the more we both got into it, the more it became, like, our thing, so, mm-hmm. and that was 
15 years ago at this point. So yeah, and then when I you know moved away to college and stuff like that, it became kind of a thing to keep us connected. That's nice. Regardless, yeah. Where's your dad from? He is from upstate New York. Where? So, oh, uh... Galway? You don't even know where he's from? I know where he's from. It's a small town with like a thousand people in Galway? it. Galway? Yeah. Galway. Yeah. Like, like the Irish. Yeah. yeah, that's where my Irish family's from. Yeah. They're from yeah. Galway. So uh, it's the it's about an hour north of Albany. Got it. Um, so like for real, for real upstate. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so he uh, he's there and I think they moved around, but around that area, you know, the Albany Got it. region. Are there a lot of soccer people up there? No, I mean... It's it, it's not it's not small. I mean, like yeah, that the upstate New York from Albany all the way over to western New York has always done pretty well nationally in soccer. But I really, mean, yeah, but it's just as big as it can be in the U.S. And I think uh, yeah, is there a team? Is there like a upper New York team? I don't know. Shit no, about not soccer. really. Um, not anything super professional. I think it's just uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I think it's one of those things that, uh, especially now, we're seeing like all of you know our generation or a little before that, yeah. playing soccer. Everyone played soccer yeah. when they were like what position, five, what six. What position did you play? I was always midfield. Yeah, I graduated. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was never super great enough to like uh, to play. You know, super super competitively. I think I, I was similar. I was like competent enough to hang for a, up to a certain point, but not good enough to like really, really. Play. Yeah, yeah. I think I was more a fan than anything else. I would equate it to like someone who really likes football and uh, and you know becomes a huge Giants fan, but sure. doesn't really doesn't play. play. Yeah, doesn't yeah. play. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I swam for the most part, and so I focused on that in uh, yeah. in, in high school and college. But no, I was. I was always I know that you're a swimmer. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Yeah. Wait. So let's because we're. I I I, I think I you figured. Tell I've been I figured. Uh, uh, <laughs> so where where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Galway or you grew up in no. Albany? Albany, a uh, suburb like right outside of Albany, but okay. you know, ten minutes out. But yeah, Albany. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's cool. I just I'm very interested. You're one of the first people we've known each other for a little while now. You're one of the first people I've ever met who's from Albany. And as someone who's like grew up, grown up around New York my whole life, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know how many people here know shit about Albany, which is like actually the capital of our state. And yeah, you would never know. I remember I had a friend come up that lived in New York and yeah. like she'd never been to Albany and stuff and went there and knowing it was the capital, we yeah. drove around the capital and she was just like. I haven't even passed a single car. There's no <laughs> traffic. <this> it? <laughs> yeah, it was a weekend, and on a weekend around the capital, since everyone goes home, there's just nobody. I mean, yeah. you get a couple people walking around taking pictures, but like coming from here, yeah. there's just like zero traffic, zero anything. It's I lovely know. leaving yeah. here and, and and getting to go home and visit and stuff because it's just so quiet and nice. Yeah. But it's just so bizarre. So you're how? Well, we haven't mentioned it at all. So your mom is Peruvian. Yes. So how does she meet your dad? Your dad, who's like this white dude from Galway, <laughs> from Galway New York. Um, uh, that's a good question. I mean, there, there's 
a story behind it, and I know my version that I got from my parents. Great. So tell your version. Yeah, my version. Uh, and I'm sure that your parents will I'm be sure like, they have that's their own not version. how it happened. I think I had actually a conversation uh, with my uncle recently who was like, that's close to the truth. That's probably as much as you need to know. That's, so that's know exactly that's- what my mom says to me <laughs> yeah. every time I try to tell, because we will get into how mirror image our, our like upbringings are, but like whenever I try to tell the story of them meeting and stuff, yeah. she's like, yeah, close enough. Yeah, I'm sure it was way more colorful than yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm getting, but uh, no. Uh, so my dad, this right off the bat, crazy, um, was really into ice climbing when he, uh, when he was in his twenties. I've met your dad. A I know. Times. Right? He's like led a life. He's like done yeah. some crazy shit in his life. I mean, yeah. The, I mean, the movie we shot. We can get into that later. Yeah. But you were a lot of the gear you were using. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was my dad's old, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, winter camping and ice climbing gear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was uh, really into that. So he had gone to um, Peru when he was uh, in his twenties and for climbing. Uh, for climbing. So Whoa. I guess at the time um, they would uh, there were, you would find other people that wanted to do the same thing via like uh, almost like a pen pal thing, and you would meet them in Peru. So he was meeting a guy. Um, who lived somewhere else uh, in the country, and they were meeting in Lima, and they were going to go climb in the Andes. Whoa. And uh, so they were there, and they were on a train, I believe, from Cusco to Machu Picchu, uh-huh. and uh, and they met on the train. Wow. Yeah. And my dad knew, like, no Spanish, or, like, very little. Like, yeah. And luckily my mom knew English, so I think that was uh-huh. uh, how that worked. And they went on, they met on the train. And I don't know what he said or anything like that. And your mom is from Lima. She's from Lima. Grew up in Lima. So um, she she also was just happened to be visiting Cusco at the time. Yeah, she was with her brother. Wow. Um, yeah, she's with her brother, my uncle, and uh, they met. And I think they went on a couple dates, and uh, I don't think it really amounted to much at the time. Yeah. And they split up because he was going climbing. Sure. With his uh, with his buddy, and uh, she went back to Lima. And that was that. And it's a short flight from Cusco to Lima. Right, right. But, um, so yeah, he goes climbing and they end up getting caught in an avalanche. What? Uh huh. <laughs> what? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're right off the bat. Shit. <laughs> we're like five minutes in and we're already, like, stuck in an avalanche. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, a lot of the next, like, that bit of information, like, this next part of the story, I didn't even get from my dad. I didn't even know about until I was, you know, like 20, 21 uh-huh. when uh, I was kind of trying to like gather some of the pieces together and I found a, on like a Google archived article uh-huh. from a Galway newspaper that had written about this whole thing. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, so it's they were in. so much sense with the fucking movies you write. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much sense. Uh, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, no, and then, uh, then, so they got in an avalanche. Um, but what, so what does that mean? They're like, they're trapped on a mountain? Well, no, so the way, what I, from what I gather, it was kind of like a, the avalanche hit and it was a blackout moment. Yeah. And I know my dad got an ice axe through the side of him. What? Yeah, and so he has a big scar right on the side. Holy and, shit. Um, his partner died. So. Whoa. Yeah, it was a big deal. Wow. Um. And so I guess he was kind of in and out of consciousness uh, for like two or three days before uh, someone found him. And uh, finally they found him and they got him back uh, to a hospital. 
um, in Cusco, I believe, and then he ended up in Lima. And, uh, yeah, so he, he survived, and there was an article in Lima that was written about it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, another crazy detail I found out later uh-huh. was that uh, I guess the U.S. Embassy called my grandparents, my dad's parents, in Galway, and uh, told him, your son has been in an avalanche with one other person. There was one survivor, but they didn't, hadn't confirmed who it was. So, why would they make? Why would you make that? I know, call right? They had to wait twenty four hours. They had to wait twenty four hours to find exactly who it was. Oh my god, that's bananas! It was the longest twenty four hours of any. So your grandparents life. were just like sitting there waiting. waiting. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and so finally they found out, and then it was my mom's dad, my Peruvian grandfather, mm-hmm. who saw the article and said, "This is this is the guy that you went on those dates with, isn't it?" And uh, and she said, yeah. And so he said, well, he's in the hospital around here. You should go see him because he doesn't Holy know shit. anyone. Like his one one person he knew is dead now. Yeah. So yeah, they. Uh, so she went and visited him, and then that's where my knowledge of the story ends. And then uh, and they started that, dating after that. And that is the best. That is the best parents meeting story I've ever heard in my life. That's literally like that. Uh, what's the name of that movie? I think it's in the Andes. There's like it's like Into the Void or something. Oh, or a bunch uh, of hikers. touching the void. Touching the void. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. they uh, with the the, cre- the crevice and something the, like that with the like, baby shoe. Or I'm thinking of a different movie. Maybe I'm thinking it was based on a book where. Uh, they're hiking there, and, and the guy has to cut the rope and leaves his partner. Sure. But Aren't they all like another that? survival story yeah, yeah, yeah. where it just seems awful and makes me oh, never want to do anything like that? I'm so yeah. glad that your your dad's had a happy ending, though. Right? Yeah, it's uh, it's really scary. Yeah, I mean, that's bananas. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really intense, and yeah, I, and it makes sense why I think I didn't know too many of the details. Yeah. Until uh, until I just found him out myself from the, <laughs> from the article, but uh, and then once I started asking him, yeah, I got more filled in the gaps a little more. Wow! But that's amazing, right? So then, how so? How does she move? When does she move here? She moves here. I think they were they. He stayed there a little while, oh. and then I think he was traveling back and forth. Yeah, and. Um, then they, at some point, after about a couple of years, wow. they, uh, yeah, they decided to get married. It's funny, like, out at college, I was dating um, a girl who lived in New York, and I was living in Albany out of college, and I complained about long distance. <laughs> and, uh, like, we were struggling. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> isn't that funny? Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, and then so somewhere along, they decided they were going to get married. And, um, and I think they... I had a conversation about it, and I don't know how exactly how that went, but sure. they decided that uh, they were going to move to the U.S. and move to Albany. Was him moving to Lima ever an option? Was that ever a discussion? I'm sure it was, because, yeah. Um, yeah, my uh, my grandfather, my mom's dad, um, he very much had, I think, the idea in mind that, you know, his he had four kids, that yeah. they would all live around. around yeah. yeah, it was... It was he had built this... Uh, apartment um, complex sort of thing. It was just one where he had he had built a separate apartment. He, um, he was an engineer, so he had built a separate apartment for each one of his children. It's still so weird. I have to say this for the benefit of the audience. Of, this was I met Bruce. I met Bruce like uh, what, like two years ago now, maybe probably about that yeah. year and a half, maybe two yeah, years like ago. Because uh, he cast me in a movie, uh, and we're like shooting the shit about like where our families are from. We find out we're both half Peruvian. We both have Peruvian moms. 
uh, and, then, and then we're somehow we got into like grandfathers. I think it's because I met your mom. And yeah, I was, yeah, asking, yeah. I was asking her about like where in Lima she's from. My grandfather was also a civil engineer, <laughs> and they lived in the same neighborhood. Which I don't know if like engineers lived in the same place it's, or something. It, or like it might have been yeah, like a, in, like a post. College, kind of, they all maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they might have known each other. Who knows? I'll <laughs> never forget when I told your mom that my my abuela lives on Avenida La Merced. She was just like, "You're fucking kidding me!" <laughs> right? Uh, such a weird, small world. It's uh, uh, it's bizarre. I mean, yeah, and and it's funny. Uh, yeah, when when I cast you, I had no clue. Yeah, why would I you? mean, you wouldn't either. I mean, neither of us have the most Hispanic names. So. No, yeah, no, we both have super white names, but you'd have the complexion, though. Yeah, a little more, but still, like, you wouldn't jump to Peruvian. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's just, Well, it's nobody like, in this country jumps to Peruvian because nobody here even knows what Peru is. Oh, no. I mean, I was watching the World Cup, and, like, they were, like, talking about, like, Peru is a country just <laughs> west of Brazil. Like, they were describing, yeah, like, giving everybody, like, case, yeah. their second-grade geography lesson for a place our families <laughs> exactly. are from. Yeah. But that was a huge deal, being in the World Cup oh, this summer. It was so sad, though. It, it was. It we was. watched them get eliminated together. Yeah, that was that was a good time. That was rough. <laughs> Just uh, drink, <laughs> drinking at eleven a.m. on like a on like a Thursday, yeah. getting really depressed. Oh man, that was. And the the, the, the worst part is that they were good. Like, yeah, they were. They and they played really well. They played well. They just couldn't finish. They couldn't close. They couldn't close, and it was that. It was that first game that missed penalty just set the tone for everything. Yeah. Uh, the audience, of course, knows. Exactly. Yes, everybody knows exactly. I don't give a shit if they don't know. This is for the Peru- everyone watching is the, the Peruvian, Peruvian episode. The Peruvian uh, Switzerland game. Everyone was it Switzerland? It was Switzerland. Right? The first game. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or was it Denmark? Denmark. It was Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you look up that game, you'll know exactly what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess if we're just going to, like, lecture the audience about the history of Peruvian soccer, <laughs> it took this past World Cup, we got eliminated as quickly as you can get eliminated mathematically. However, it was our first time in the World Cup in 36 years, and uh, my whole family was crazy about it. was, like, yeah. super happy. Oh, it. yeah. I mean, and, and sounds just like it's... For a South American team, it's very difficult to qualify for the World Cup. Yeah. I mean, you're competing against Argentina, Brazil, Chile, uh, and, and you know Colombia. Really, really good teams. Yeah. So for them to qualify was a huge deal. Huge deal. deal. And uh, and once they're at the World Cup, I mean, they played really, really well. They had a really good team, yeah. and every game you look back, they could have easily one it just, just yeah it didn't was, fall their way exactly it was such a bummer but i mean everyone had a good time i think yeah the fans really made a good name for themselves in russia totally and uh yeah didn't they win i think they won like some weird yeah. fifa award for like best fans like peru watch sure anyway we've been talking about this for way too long so uh oh my god i love that story of your parents meeting so you're you're it's born, just downhill from here yeah, yeah, there's no now let's talk about you jesus christ uh so you're born in a suburb of albany you're growing up there how how much of your like household is peruvian how much of it is just like generic american like let's get into the way you were raised yeah i mean I think my early years were definitely much more Peruvian. Mm-hmm. Um, we would go probably once a year, sometimes twice a year, in my very, very early years. So, And it was also because my mom had only recently moved. Right. So, yeah, it was back and forth a lot. And, 
and yeah, I, honestly, like it, it sucks because my Spanish is probably at its best then. Yeah, and you know, and uh, and that was brought home, and like there was transitioning. And I think as I got older, especially being in a very you know suburban area and a school and stuff, and like yeah, um, I be you know it'd be the household and my you know everything about my life became more and more. Uh, very Americanized right. until probably yeah, when I graduated yeah it was I was still going there and like it was still great to see them and everything like that and keep in touch with that side of things but yeah it was it definitely uh, it definitely drifted a little more as I got older yeah I, I can I can totally relate to that yeah. um, I lived I grew up in a suburb of a city too I grew up in a suburb of New York City but it doesn't matter it's the exact same thing I guess I'm curious because uh, for me uh, when I was younger, I found definitely was way more Peruvian because my dad spoke fluent English, fluent Spanish too. So he spoke Spanish in the house. I found myself getting more Americanized as I got older, but I was like consciously choosing that. Like there was a while, like probably from like I don't know second grade to like uh, honestly like all the way through high school of just being like ah, I want to be like everybody else. I, that is a I'm weird from thing. Here. Yeah. Like, did you find that too? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it was a conscious decision or just my interests were so American. Because sure. like, I, I think I definitely gravitated towards very American movies and just yeah, I think that culture and that stuff you see. You know, I guess it is. Yeah, it's a representation on, on TV, and you see that, and yeah. like you're like, if those things are that, yeah, and 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 you kind of just want. You gravitate towards whatever you see as yeah, perceived as normal. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which, yeah. if you're growing up in an American suburb, is like I want to be like everybody. Else. Exactly. Yeah, and and honestly, it be, it wasn't. A, it was just something I just didn't keep thinking about too much. Not as much as I probably should have because yeah. it was such a unique thing. But yeah, it was just something that kind of slowly fell into the periphery as I got older. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it was a conscious decision. Maybe, but yeah, it, it is strange. Yeah, once you're in middle school, you just yeah, you want to be like everyone else, right. I guess. Which is, did you ever find? Was your mom ever? Was your mom sort of like, I'm gonna let Bruce go with the flow and let him grow the way he's growing, or was she like, no, we're gonna do some Peruvian shit to like keep you <laughs> Peruvian? Because um, sometimes I felt my mom not necessarily being a hard ass about it, but just like kind of gently being like, okay, this is what we're eating tonight. Let me yeah. explain this to you. Like, no, I think there definitely was. There definitely was some hard pushes towards, uh, you know, being. Yeah, bringing in more Peruvian culture into the household. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. Because I've been to... I stayed at your house when we did that shoot yeah, yeah. for a night. And I looked around and I was like, oh, this reminds me a lot of how I grew up. There's yeah. There's, like, all this Peruvian shit on the walls. Yeah, and it was great. And, and that was something that I was always, like... That was normal. Like, that yeah. Was, yeah, that was, that didn't really... But in terms of... Um, I mean, we had a lot of relatives and we'd go... Um, and I feel like, yeah, like looking back, it was just so terrible on my part. But, like, in middle school, like, we went on, like, a three-week trip to Peru. Whoa. And, uh, and I was just, like, wanted to be home. Yeah. Because, oh, no. Like, I relate to that yeah. a million percent. 
I relate to that immensely. And looking back, I'm like, what's wrong with you? But yeah. like, like, well, you're a kid. You, you have can... all these friends, and yeah. like, you're starting to like girls or like whatever yeah, you're yeah, doing. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is just is be go, pulled out. Is connect with your culture. Yeah, <laughs> and like just spend the whole time with your parents and just like yeah, yeah and then yeah, for real. Yeah, it's just that so... three week trip would be so much more enriching now than, oh, than, it, yeah. than it was then. Except the time, like you're just you're trying to fit in and, yeah. and get by where you are right yeah. Yeah, at that moment so yeah you don't care about I, really even through else. like even through when I would go in college I still go to Lima like at least once a year uh, but even through like college uh, I found myself like on trips even if the trip was like a week I'd be like okay I'm ready to go back like I get yeah. it I yeah. saw my grandma like I can leave now <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> it's, it's horrible but I think that's that's like less you know, cultural anxiety than it is just like kind of being young. I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think because uh, I think I, I have cousins in Peru, and then they would take trips to the U.S. and they just wanted to get back. Yeah, to Peru. I think that's just totally anywhere you are. If you're gr- trying to grow up, you yeah. don't want to, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. be plucked out of. Uh, so how about uh, so how about like so we're still like in Albany? Uh, I guess this is before we'll say like high school years. Mm-hmm. In terms of like your social circles, what kind of like demographic? Like demographically speaking, what's it like? What kind of crowd are you running with? I'm assuming you're starting to like realize you want to make movies at this point. Yeah, like, talk to me about that period of your life. Um, that's a good question. Uh, Thank the, you. That's why, yeah. You're that's really why, good at this. That's why nobody pays me anything to do this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the uh, I I mean obviously my most of my high school there was very white, mm-hmm. um, probably at least ninety percent. Um, but I definitely gravitated towards uh, the kind of more outsider uh, section of school. Like we definitely didn't go to parties or anything like that, um, which is surprising. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we, uh, we were just, yeah, we, honestly, we were just so focused on honestly making movies. Like we made a lot of movies in high school, a lot of really, really. So you were already making shit in high school. All the time. Yeah. That's great. Um, were they all like weird sci-fi movies like you still make? They were, we would do movies that were like really bad impersonations of our favorite movies. I so would like, do that too when I was a kid. Yeah, they were they weren't original or anything, but like we'd yeah. like have scenes that we'd like kind of rework into our own story, but they were obviously rip-offs of yeah, like yeah. Indiana Jones or something like that. That's so funny. Yeah. So like we we were definitely focused on that and like yeah. So pretty in much a lot of high school was spent between swimming that section of the group because I did that all through there yeah. and then uh, and yeah and definitely movie making that was so no ice climbing that never got there, into ice there, climbing there was no pressure no. from your father to get into ice climbing no 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 yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of pressure to fish that was a really yeah. that was a thing never, never really got into no, that I my, never got into fishing either yeah I think all that outdoorsy stuff went to my sister Mm. And she's the one. She's super outdoor. Hiking, there. fishing, everything like that. So got it. That's uh, and that, you're like, I want to be in an air conditioned studio. I want to be on a soundstage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. And all the while, like, how is your how is your mom? How's the Peruvian side reacting to like, oh, Bruce wants to make movies and do all this creative shit? Was she like supportive of that? Oh, they were 
they were super supportive of everything. Um, as far as the extended family in Peru, I don't know how much they knew of what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of cousins, especially yeah. in Peru. So how do they feel now? Have they seen any of your shit now? That's a good question. Uh, you should ask them. Because I ask I, them. <laughs> when I when you released the trailer for the short that I did yeah. with you. Uh, I reposted it and got like a bunch of messages <laughs> from Peruvian family being like, we're so excited. They acted like it was like my big break. <laughs> not that the movie's not good. No, yeah, it's, 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 small, it's yeah. a very small thing. But yeah. like all my family from Lima were like, we're so excited for this. Can't wait to see yeah, it. Yeah, actually my aunt and uncle in Lima did send me a text saying that they watched uh, Altered Hours and that meant mm-hmm. a lot. That was cool. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, no, that, that, that was really cool. And I got a... I mean, I looked up online and like people have just because I don't know piracy is huge, but they've dubbed the movie in like in Spanish. Like, Spanish. Uh, there's a Russian version, which means what? they have like Russian actors to like dub their voices illegally. You've made and it. reposted online. You've made it. Yeah, so I do. You're, oddly you're want to send been... them that the pirated version. You should. <laughs> you should. That's amazing. Yeah, I'll put a link. Promoting. I'll put a link to it in this episode. <laughs> That won't get me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. So continuing going chronologically. So where'd you go to uh, college? Uh, SUNY Oneana. It's a SUNY school in upstate New York. Yes, I know it. Um, And yeah, I studied uh, like, it was like media production was the curriculum. Um, And yeah, and, and that was... Uh, that was interesting. I mean, you went to film school too, right? Uh, yes, I was terrible. <laughs> I, I think it's... Uh, I always took the perspective of, like, you can go to film school, mm-hmm. be horrible at it, and, and still be fine. Sure. Like, it really ends up being what you make of it, you know? They yeah. give you the tools, they give you the opportunity. And you, can you have like, to have, yeah. like, actually some shit to say. Yeah, or, like, just be, like, most of your best projects, for me anyway, mm-hmm. we're gonna, are stuff that I made completely separate from the classroom, but I right. would, you know, borrow equipment, whatever I needed to do. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, in terms of, you know, actual schooling and, you know, and schoolwork that, uh, yeah, it's it's... Not, yeah, I'm not sure how helpful that ends up being. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I often straight up regret going to college at all, but that's another that's another story. Yeah, it, it's 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 tough to teach without. I mean, that's yeah. anything. I mean, and I'm assuming feeling. college, like socially, was sort of the same thing. Like you're holding up with your tribe that want to make stuff. Yeah, uh, for the most like, part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely was constantly in. in trying to be around people that yeah we're trying to totally. do whether it was music or yeah. you know whatever acting whatever I could kind of yeah, you try to and we can help each other other creative people yeah yeah and how present or not present is the like dual identity thing uh, other than briefly talking about it when someone asks right what are you? Um, yeah. Do you get that a lot? Do you get what are you? Because yeah, you, you have you have an ambiguous look for sure. Yeah, I I, uh, I get the question here. I, I mean, I don't mind the question. Yeah. But I feel like it has become something that's like you shouldn't ask anymore. Yeah, yeah. People get um, real weird about it. Yeah, so I don't get it as much. But definitely back then in college, uh, I got it a lot. Yeah, I didn't care. I love talking about it. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I got that, and then so I would talk about that, and maybe. I talk about, you know, the story I opened up with that great icebreaker. That's a, it's a dope story. I would open with that too. I have a I have a bunch of crazy stories about my family that sometimes I tell at shows. Like one time my my grandmother uh, smuggled a monkey on a on a plane. 
What? By giving it a sleeping pill. My grandma's crazy. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Unless you've already told this so story. She was at, so, she's, so my grandmother lives in Lima, and she lives in the city, uh, and she was, I, for whatever reason, maybe she was on vacation or something, or visiting someone, she, she was in the jungle. Uh, and like a, I don't know, like an hour or two hour plane ride away from Lima. And there's a, a merchant in the wherever she was like a street merchant selling like little monkeys like in cages <laughs> this is probably in like 1972 or something it was normal then yeah, yeah. there were monkeys everywhere monkeys on planes were fun we're talking about we're talking about a fucking village in the jungle in the Amazon jungle so, so my grandmother who's fu- a fucking crazy person uh, buys a monkey uh, and is like, oh, how am I going to get it on the plane? And granted, this is a flight within Peru in like the 70s, so nobody's checking anything. Yeah. Uh, so what she does was she, she it's a small enough, it's probably the size of this microphone. Like it's a small enough animal that she's like, oh, I'm just going to put it in my purse, but how do I get it not to make noise? <laughs> so she just takes a sleeping pill, crushes it up, and puts it in the monkey's food. Oh my God. And it works. She like brings it. And it was fine? The monkey was fine? The monkey was fine. It made it back to Lima, but then it like ran away. It like got out and ran away and probably (laughs) died on the street. Uh, But that is like one of my many crazy uh, Peruvian family stories. But it (laughs) didn't involve any avalanches or romantic endings. No, no, I think, yeah, that's funny, guys, because my my grandmother uh, was in Peru was very into saving birds or dogs yeah. or whatever animal uh-huh. they found injured or stray on the street and that was yeah. a big thing yeah, yeah. Um, I remember yeah, they would have uh, just like a lot of little boxes with like birds that they were kind of nursing back and stuff really? Like, yeah. that's so cute yeah um, but uh, maybe yeah maybe it's just something about there but never a monkey yeah, no, the monkey. They've been in for a while, but yeah. My aunt, Chi Chi, who maybe will listen to this, uh, uh, she, when I was a kid, she had, I, I don't remember, my mom probably remembers how she got a hold of this, but she had a baby alligator. Really? <laughs> that she kept in her backyard <laughs> in, uh, in a clawfoot bathtub that was just sitting in her backyard. I, I'll how never big? forget. I, I was in Peru for probably like a month that summer. Like we stayed for a really long time. And I'll never forget going, like, creeping into her backyard and just looking into this bathtub. And there's just, like, this fucking baby alligator, like, <laughs> squiggling around in there. And his name was Panchito. <laughs> and eventually he got too big and dangerous and she had to, like, give him to the zoo. But I do, I do not remember. I need to ask my mom how she got that alligator. I don't know. My family's weird. Yeah, no, don't want to ever own anything that could get too big and dangerous. That's, I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> what are we talking about before this? You're in college. Okay, you're, you're no in college. No alligators, no monkeys. <laughs> this isn't about me. Uh, uh, but this is, uh, for all of you listening, this is a, a, a deep dive into how weird uh, Peruvians are. Uh, cool. So how? So you're, at this point, What have you stopped going to Peru routinely? Or are you still yeah, uh, I think right yeah right around college mainly the end of college yeah. was when yeah I started once I started having to work and stuff like that got it uh, yeah the Peru trips kind of stopped so the time um, so the times you were going uh, what was that like your experience being in the country I'm a, for me at least it's like I feel like an outsider but there is a part of me that's like oh this is nice it's like where my family's from yeah I think it depended on the length of the trip mm-hmm. because definitely that was always the feeling the first couple of days was you yeah. go there and it seems uh, 
it, it, it's yeah. I mean, this for me anyway. I don't know if you have the same thing. I think your Spanish is much better than mine, but I after, still feel like my Spanish is garbage. <laughs> my Spanish is garbage, but, but yeah. it was weird. After a couple days, when you're forced into it, and you're, something switches in your brain that yeah. you go to like a place that like you remember things that you learn, and you totally. stop, and, you, and then you, it starts coming out, starts coming out. Yeah. But I can't go like if someone on the street was like, "Can you translate what this woman is saying?" And she's right. talking really fast. I'm yeah. screwed. I'm no help. Um, but yeah, so that the, the language barrier kind of goes away after a couple of days, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting also because Lima has changed so much since we were kids. Yes. So going back now, or at least last time I went back a few years ago, it's an awesome place. Like yeah, it's, it's safe and really it's, fucking yeah, cool. It's thriving. So. Um, I mean, safe depending on where you are. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But compared to, yes. yeah, even when we were kids and, and, you know, we'd go that it was like you didn't yeah. want to leave or and go anywhere. Holy shit, yeah. you guys, for anybody listening to this, the best food in the world. And I will fist fight you. <laughs> the best food in the world. Yeah. No, that was all something that was because they, the entire family down for does lunch together every day so uh, yeah. um and yeah they have uh you know they make the lunch and it's a lot of mainly ceviche every day yes so, uh, um, yes go if you're listening to this pause this podcast right now go buy some peruvian ceviche because it's, <laughs> it's the best oh no that, that part was wonderful that that part yeah. yeah it was just an easy but do you have uh do you have like cousins your age who live there and stuff yeah in and out because a lot of them were kind of um also moving around right yeah, yeah, yeah um but so dependent on the trip sometimes right they'd either be living there at the time or they'd be taking a trip so i had uh two cousins i well I, total i have one two three four cousins down there and uh two are a few years younger than me uh-huh. um and then the other two one's one year older than me and then the other one's like four or five years older mm-hmm. than me how many siblings does your mom have uh she has three siblings, she has three siblings. My, three mom, my mom is one of six Oh wow! So you have a ton of cousins. A lot of people <laughs> running around. A lot of people running around. Yeah. No, and, and definitely all of them grew up in Peru. Yeah. Um, so that that is something. Yeah, a little bit of an outsider. Yeah. Um, Do you ever think about like, oh, what would it be like if I grew up there? Oh yeah, and it's it's it, it is weird. Yeah, because I'm definitely you know very American, like in terms of you know culturally and, and upbringing. So yeah, I think that part. I think when I compare myself to them yeah there's definitely an outsider thing going for on. sure but it, it's yeah it's we, we you'd be making some different movies if yeah you grew up there yeah, yeah. I, I wonder i wonder do you think you'd still be making movies <laughs> i don't know i really yeah. don't i hope so but yeah. uh i think yeah I, I really don't know i can't really think it's just something that movie making it was just yeah, it came from a love of movies I don't know if yeah. that love of movies would have happened if yeah, English wasn't my first language or like the movies I fell in love you with might have, you might have seen some sci-fi movie dubbed some, in Spanish yeah who knows, who knows? <laughs> yeah it's really hard to tell I mean um, my mom talked about like my mom was maybe it's just because of her personality but she was like I went to movies all the time really uh, yeah. yeah like seeing American movies dubbed in English uh, yeah. or like foreign movies and stuff it is. A, it, I do love going there and like walking by like the uh, the movie posters and seeing the yeah. translations. Yeah, seeing the weird <laughs> alternate names. I wish I could think of one yeah. off the top of my but head. But they're just so just 
yeah. out there and literal, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> uh, cool. So you, so let's keep moving. So you graduate from college. Mm-hmm. Do you move to New York immediately, or do no. you go back to, to Albany? No, I went back to Albany and started working for, uh, and I still work for a small um, production studio, and uh, basically I was doing animation stuff for them and then as well as just working as you know kind of an associate producer on whatever shoots they were doing uh-huh. um and yeah and then i kind of stuck there and then they had a sister production studio in new york mm. and then they ended up kind of combining and then they moved down to new york the my company did the company i was working for and they kind of brought me down when they were with them got it and so that's what brought me here to keep working with them. And how long ago was that? So it's two and a half, three years ago. So oh, okay, yeah, so pretty been, recent. Yeah, I've been here too long. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, uh, and then since then, been in New York. And, and had you been, you had already been working on the, um, I always want to call it Altered, is it's altered, altered Hours. It's Altered yeah, Hours now, whereas hours. before it was... Tomorrow Paradox. Right. Had you been working on that feature while you were still upstate? Yeah, I was working on that for a while. Uh, That was pretty quickly after college. I connected with a uh, DP, Mm -hmm. and we kind of had this idea, and we we were like, all right, we're, you know, everyone has... That was like, we're gonna make a teaser. We're gonna make a trailer, and then we're gonna like show it to people, and people are gonna want to invest in proof of concept, <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know that grind. <laughs> you know how many proof of concept things I've been in? Oh that yeah, never happened. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. One day, one of the someone, yeah. some you know rich person's gonna yeah. see it and be like, I want it to. Yeah, so what you? Because you to me, you have a very. I, I wouldn't know off the top of my head if I could like summarize your aesthetic like in a sentence but I feel like you have a very defined kind of like sensibility when it comes to the movies you want to make like talk to me about how you developed like why why you like the shit you like and why <laughs> why you want to make the shit you want to make um yeah I mean like if you had to describe your style what would, what would it be like yeah it's a good question uh again good question thank you very much I'm a a goddamn professional please give me money anybody (laughs) um the my style I've always been drawn to kind of real like uh, uh, perspectives I guess like um Seeing a character and seeing how what their perspective is and like the all the sci-fi of comes from that because mm-hmm. um, I do love sci-fi, but right. it's not new worlds, new universes, or anything like that. Right. The sci-fi happens just mainly so, like in Altered Hours, they were taking this pill that was they believed was uh, making their consciousness go to sleep and wake up in yesterday or tomorrow and their kind of timeline was kind of getting shifted and, and confused mm-hmm. um, and then with you you were you know touching something that was kind of shifting you your consciousness to somewhere else so I think yeah it, it all right. comes from like the idea that reality like actual the reality of the world around you starts becoming kind of irrelevant uh, uh-huh. and it's more about the reality of that character and sure. so I think I think those are the stories I kind of gravitate to is just like kind of yeah, um, yeah. I mean yeah. it seems at least from those two from the movie I worked with you on um, and with the feature and the new feature yeah. which uh, we can also talk about uh, is there's kind of um, there's definitely a theme a motif of like 
time travel, art, alternate realities, parallel dimensions kind of thing, but all of this uh, ser- like to, serving to illustrate the point that like the real important thing are the connections between characters mm-hmm. and like the relationships and the human stories. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I think is kind of why I like your shit. Uh, I'm just I I really have I have like a shitty like first year liberal liberal arts paper kind of brewing in my head about how like seriously because the I I think maybe it it might not come from this but I think there's a way to read your career like maybe in 20 years when you've won your Oscar uh, like some like film student will be writing their paper about how this kind of you know. Um, altered states of consciousness, like different realities, different timelines, uh, could really only come from the mind of someone who has this kind of dual identity, I think. Not that it could only come from that, but I think it, it, the, you having these two like cultural parts of yourself that are sort of split off and separated from each other, but still intertwined, kind of lends itself to that style. Does that make any, any sense? I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could, I'm just like navel gazing so hard right now. No, uh, you know that, that, that's, that's a cool. I never, I never really thought about that, but I mean, yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, a, a lot of it. Yeah, I do. And it's like, per- and, it's and perfectly fine, by the way, if your response to that whole diatribe is like, <laughs> is like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. No, I think definitely. I, uh, I like. The characters, especially in the new one, I think that's growing more and more. It's something I like is um, to for the characters to have kind of uh, their personalities and, and kind of perspective. Not, not so much their like actual like perspective, like their backstory, but uh-huh. their their perspectives to be cra- a little crazier and a little more unique. And I think that's what ma- I'm attracted to now. Is like, uh-huh. yeah, making sure that. It doesn't feel the characters don't feel very vanilla, and yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and, and the new one they definitely don't. No, no, Which why don't you like talk to us because like, we're sort of talking in coded terms about a lot of your movies. We do you want to talk about uh, me in the base at all? The, uh, yeah, why not? That's so how we met. Yeah, so, sure. So yeah. let's intro that. So I the I met Bruce. I cold auditioned for a movie he wrote. I guess now, like two years ago, uh, and it took us a little while to finish it, uh, uh, but it was a wonderful experience. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that movie, and maybe I'll see if I can strain it into a way to talk about culture. <laughs> <laughs> it could only come from... That's why I casted you, Adrian. I mean, I knew. There was something in true. you that knew. I think it's true. Um, the uh, Yeah, so me and the bass, um, at the, the, we, I wrote it, yeah, like... 2016 ish, um, and it was just a short film that kind of had this idea of like some sort of random object. Whether I think at the time I was thinking towel, I don't know why, but like <laughs> the idea was like it was some random object that you, anywhere in your house, some household thing mm-hmm. that for some reason had this kind of magical thing about it that when you touched it, it transported you to, like, transported your consciousness to somewhere completely different. A little bit of magical realism. Yeah. It's very Latino. It's very Latino. <laughs> um, I had to. I had to. <laughs> I told you I would strain everything you say into yeah, a no, movie. It's practically a Guillermo del Toro film. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, uh, and then kind of within that other reality are other people that are touching that same household object. 
but it's all they're all touching the same household object just at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the movie that your character is finds this vase and is touching this vase that you find in the snow out in the middle of nowhere as you're stranded and you find it and you touch it and you're brought to this place and our other character Mia finds it in her apartment in present day and you're in 2012 and you kind of kind of meet there along with a lot of other people some people from the 80s the 90s and it's a whole kind of party of all these people touching the exact same object um, and she kind of finds out that you're in real trouble, stuck mm-hmm. in the snow. Yeah. Uh, we also have, like, a little bit of a love connection, yeah. for sure. And uh, and kind of figuring out how that's going to go down, how she can save you or not. Yeah, well, I, what I always liked about the movie, uh, and still like about the movie, is what we had talked about right before this, which is, like, there's all this kind of high-concept sci-fi magical realism-y stuff happening, but it's all, I mean or should be at least, like, serving that, like, love story at the center of it. Yeah, which, yeah, it wasn't until I think I was telling you or someone the story about my dad that I was just like, we're filming you. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I now that I've heard that story, I realize, like, you literally had me in the middle of the woods in the snow wearing all of your dad's (laughs) snow gear, (laughs) like, (laughs) pretending to be injured in the woods. Yep. Uh, and pining after the one I loved, like you pretty much had me reenact your father's You're story. nailing it. I'm just realizing my lack of self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all of this is very Latino for some reason. <laughs> I think that's so cool. Uh, no. So now, so let's talk about your most recent release because literally like a week before this recording, I went to the premiere event for your newest feature. Tell me about your newest feature. Lake Artifact, yeah, um, which is it's a definitely a different tone than anything else I've done. It still has elements. It's of still very Bruce. Time travel and dimensions. It, and it's and very Brucey. It's very Latino. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was. Um, yeah, I think it, it had. A, I just had so much fun making this movie. It was. Uh, it's basically just quickly summarize the plot. Five friends go to a cabin in the woods. And uh, there they start realizing that time is functioning a little differently than they're used to. And uh, it kind of starts to almost haunt them in a way. It, it Almost like, yeah, it, it definitely has horror elements to it. And uh, kind of start to get turned against each other as the uh, film goes on. And then it just kind of goes down a weird rabbit hole for sure it's a weird one it's a weird one but I love it. I love weird movies what I really liked about it was it, I mean granted I had context for the movie yeah. before I oh by the way Adrian's in this movie I yes I make a very brief cameo in this movie <laughs> he okay. opens the movie I make a very brief cameo in this movie uh I like uh, Bruce and I have a running joke now where he's gonna put me in everything he makes only to like either <laughs> maim me or kill me. Yeah, I, I mean it's the opening. It's not a spoiler. I mean, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I do die in this movie. Adrian gets beaten to death with a crowbar <laughs> a minute into the movie. That's how you treat your Peruvian brother. Yep, that's our cold open. <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, but what I was saying was what I really like about it is it's sort of I think if I if I didn't know about the movie beforehand I would have been much more fake out is it has this very kind of standard slasher movie cabin in the woods vibe before and when you think like this killer is going to show up in the woods this crazy guy in the woods is going to start killing everybody it takes this hard left turn into like sci-fi and like 
physics, like quantum physics territory, <laughs> uh, which is very unexpected and weird. I think it plays very well. Yeah, I think that was kind of the goal with like, I've always gone that super weird direction, that yeah. hard turn you're talking about. Yeah. But I wanted to set it up into something very familiar. Right. So it, the audience would feel, you know, comfortable and yeah. like they're not off the bat being like, whoa, what right. am I watching? Here? Right. They're like, I get this genre. Yeah. You have all the caricatures in there. You know, right. you have, you know, the the nice girl, the uh, like all American guy, the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. weird stranger, the funny guy. Yeah. Oh my you God. Kind of, yeah. All those archetypes in there. Is that something you're interested in doing more of like playing with well-worn archetypes and kind of fucking with them a little bit? I liked it. I, uh, yeah, I think I think it helped, especially that movie. I mean, I think it definitely helps make it be more accessible for an audience, and uh, and you can definitely do weirder things when the for audience sure. feels like they already know sure. this character based on and just other there movies are they've a seen. A lot of weird things in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and, no, it definitely sets what, up. What about this movie? Do you think is especially Peruvian? <laughs> 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 one thing you Adrian there it you is are, there it is there you it are is. the one is no I'm sorry I know we're like making it into a joke where cause uh, the, truly like not everything has to be or is like defined by your like no, cultural heritage or anything uh, but I think it's interesting to think about even the times when it's not defined by your culture no and I think that uh I mean, at least I like the thing. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but uh, is that story, like, all those characters, you could move those to five Peruvian friends in sure. Peru yeah. that go to Cerro Sul. It's a, uh, it's, yeah. that, that's a, a, a place on the beach that my mom... Yeah, or like uh, San Bartolome, yeah. where my family They goes. go there and party for a weekend, yeah. and shit hits the fan. Yeah. Um, it, there's nothing specifically uh, American or, sure. or... Yeah, so... I think that um, I like doing, I would say, just keep things sort of universal. universal. Yeah, I mean, each character has their own human traits that, yeah, but sure. not to make it specifically like you can't relate to this because right. of whatever. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, th I think it, you could, for I think most of the movies, you could switch the perspective, switch all the characters to yeah. wherever. And I think all the main concepts are just as weird and just as... Uh, totally, yeah. yeah just just as, as crazy. So um, is this the kind of stuff you want to keep making moving forward that uh, is sort of like... that has maybe these high-concept weird uh, trappings but with, like, ultimately a pretty universal human story underneath? Like, that's the kind of thing you want to keep making? Yeah, I think that's something I'm learning more and more with every film I make how of course well nobody knows exactly what they're no, doing but just they're doing it just the simple concept of just like how much character and how much story and humor and everything has to be based in sadness I oh interesting which is something that I didn't really totally realize and I, with every movie I'm thinking and maybe this is just me gravitating towards that as I you know become older and Super old, but more a little more cynical, a little <laughs> yeah. less uh, optimistic. Sure, but just that you can, if you start your characters as a place of just yeah, if, if every all the humor and all of their motives are coming from some place that the audience can relate to, and it's a place you know either of tragedy or some sort of sadness within them, it's so much more. It's more interesting to build off of that yeah. than to build off of the happy character. That, and sure. I think 
that is definitely something going forward I want to explore. And, you know, you can guide the character towards wherever you want. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think there... Yeah, that's that's definitely something. It's just sticking with these... You know, start with a character that I like. And then once you really have that character nailed down, whether it's someone who's a little tropey, like what's in Lake Artifact, or something that you've really, like dug into until but as long as you find them interesting sure you can really do a lot of weird things after that uh, <laughs> earn the weird yeah, earn you the have weird. to earn the weird exactly like yeah I you like have to get to a place put that on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> earn the weird the yeah bruce wenville but i think yeah it's it's i mean it's probably similar for acting like what like I think with every time you do performance or every time I direct something I'm editing or whatever it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you see, you know, how many things you did right and how many things you're like, oh God, I just, uh, you know. Oh, I know, believe me, I know that feeling. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, and it's a mixed bag and it just, I think it gets, what I want to do or what I, the direction I want to go just keeps on getting more complicated yet more exciting mm. with every project, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there's, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think it's exciting. I'm excited for whatever project. I mean, yeah, I obviously have ideas. As you, I mean, we've worked together on different ideas that you have. Yes, we yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I guess I could talk about that. I don't really have anything to say. Have about you me. talked about that yet? Not really at all. I put like uh, one Facebook post. Uh, this is, nobody's going to understand this. Bruce shot, recently shot a movie that I wrote. Yeah, uh, a short film a couple weeks ago. Super fun, by the way. That shit was super fun. Thank you very much. I had a great time. Yeah. None of us slept. No, <laughs> except no, maybe lots of coffee. Except maybe Ron. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but that movie was uh, sort of me trying to bring my, you know, Latinidad or whatever in a little bit because that was like a Brucey alternate reality. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're t- you're saying that. Yeah, the the how. That's why I lean towards. I mean, this is alternate dimensions. Oh yeah! I mean, as soon as I doppelganger. As soon as I finished writing it, I was like, I need to ask Bruce to shoot this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, but truly, I think uh, I haven't written or done a lot of before doing this show. Hadn't like done anything creatively that acknowledged my culture at all, which is fine. Like nobody's required to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sci-fi has a real. Uh, superpower for exploring those kinds of identity issues like that's just the whole like Afrofuturism uh, uh, genre subgenre within sci-fi that like allows uh, people from the diaspora to like explore alternate futures where people yeah. can spread out uh, so the idea of using like parallel universes or time travel or whatever to explore a world where this character like was actually raised in a Spanish-speaking household whereas in this one he wasn't like is appealing to me. That was very cool yeah I like that a lot it it kind of reminded me of you know conversations I've had with uh, even you know this conversation we've had today but with my cousins and stuff like that yeah yeah, where you're you're discovering yeah that you know you you very close to being almost exactly the same but yeah. a couple small differences early on just yeah it, i mean i feel that way about the two of us that yeah. like we're <laughs> we're so similar and the way i mean my parents didn't meet during a harrowing uh, avalanche yeah accident. i mean i wasn't involved in that so I, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's their thing yeah i just truly, i just get I to think, ride on that truly story. i think the only difference between us is you were you were born out of the aftermath of an avalanche and i wasn't <laughs> No, it is, it is cool. And, uh, and yeah, I think I, I wish 
And maybe I am, like you said, exploring it in ways that I don't even realize. That would be cool if that's true. It could um, be. Yeah. Also could not be. Also, yeah. I, um, it could just be because, you know, time travel is a way to do cool sci-fi with a little money. But Yeah, you know. but I mean, <laughs> but you no. never know. I don't know, man. Maybe in like 20, 30 years, you'll look back and be like, oh, no, that's what I was doing. I was struggling. No, Adrian's uh, really smart. Yeah. No, I mean, he should have been getting money to to do this podcast. <laughs> to do <a> podcast. <laughs> Keep going. To give this advice. <laughs> yeah, Keep you're going. changing. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I, it's something I never really thought about. But in general, yeah, I think it's it. A lot of people don't think about their identities enough that like it can because yeah, it is something that if you let it into your work, and I wish I would do more of it like you're doing sure um it just it sets it apart yeah it uh yeah. it just makes it something that only you could make yeah i think it's something that happens in time i'm still figuring out how that stuff enters into my work uh, i'm yeah. not sure how it does yet but uh i want to try yeah and and the more you can bring i think yourself to it yeah the more yeah again it's it just becomes something that yeah no one's gonna have seen anywhere else just because even exactly if, it's what you just said like trying to make something that only could have come from you exactly and even if it's the most basic story a guy meets girl a guy loses girl a guy gets girl back and yeah. whatever it is if it's yeah your specific perspective yeah it's yeah. gonna be different it's gonna be you know hopefully interesting maybe not but it's gonna be different <laughs> yeah hell <laughs> yeah uh, okay. Yeah. Is there uh, is there anything we haven't touched on that you that you were practicing on the subway here? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I yeah. That that's that's it. Um, again, super excited. Thank you for uh, yeah, of course, inviting me to be on here. Yeah, yeah this, man. This, is, this podcast is listened to by millions. I can't wait for your everyone. career is about to change. Oh, this is. <laughs> Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> no, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, no, this is this is super awesome, man. This is uh, this is great, and I, yeah, I hope yeah you get start uh, this thing blows up for uh, it will, and, and it, it'll only be a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to people. You're talk- <laughs> I have many interested parties. Oh my god, <laughs> I have a lot of logs in the fire. This is the proof of concept before you sell. Yeah, nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much, Bruce, for coming on. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. Say something clever. Oh, I don't, I can't do that. It's like asking me to speak Spanish. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and that's it for this week's episode of La Mescla. Thank you so much to Bruce Wemple for coming in. Uh, thank you to uh, Simple Studios for letting me record there. Uh, thank you to all the people practicing like musical theater songs in adjacent studios. <laughs> um, uh, thank you again to anybody who watches. Watches. Oh, what the fuck am I doing? Anybody who listens to this show. <laughs> uh, thank you to anybody who's left a review on the iTunes page. Please do that if you haven't done that. Uh, my Venmo is at Adrian Burke. I'm just going to straight up start saying that because. Uh, it costs a surprising amount of money to produce a podcast. Uh, so, uh, hey, if you want to throw me a little little money to help the show exist, I wouldn't hate that at all. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, I'll see you guys next week with a brand new episode. Bye, me.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.